Support for the WSHU podcast Off the Path comes from Opair in America, live in cultural childcare by young adults from around the world. Opairinamerica.com. A black soldier fought in the Revolutionary War to win his freedom. He became the patriarch of a family that campaigned against slavery and ran a stop on the Underground Railroad. That family built a free black community in Middletown, Connecticut. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I uncover history's fascinating footnotes on the road from New York to Boston. Caesar Beeman marched and fought with black and white soldiers during the Revolutionary War up and down the Hudson River. But he wasn't supposed to be there. He fought in place of the the man who had enslaved him. Jesse Nasta is a historian at Wesleyan University. He says Caesar was one of thousands of enslaved people in New England. It was sort of a compensation that he would be manumitted. In other words, personally freed in exchange for his service. There were more than 200 African-American soldiers in the Revolutionary War from Connecticut alone. Some of them fought in the Revolutionary War for American independence, went home and remained enslaved, believe it or not. Caesar Beeman was lucky, but he still didn't have all the opportunities of his white fellow veterans. For example, he was, did not have access to literacy. Uh, we know from his Revolutionary War pension applications that he was impoverished, and yet he was free. His son, Jehiel, was born eight years later. Nasta says Jehiel idolized his dad. He learned a biographer was writing a history of African Americans in New England. So he wrote him a letter and explained where the name Beeman came from. He said, my father, quote, always abhorred slavery and he wanted to be a man. So when he was freed, he took the name Beeman, be a man. Nasta says free black communities across New England built schoolhouses, including one in Jehiel's hometown of Colchester, Connecticut. He went to what was called the African Schoolhouse. And if you go to Colchester now, they recently reconstructed the African Schoolhouse. It's, it's there to visit. And then Jehiel became the pastor of the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church in Middletown, Connecticut. He was one of the first pastors of a free black church in New England. Jehiel invited his extended family from the Connecticut countryside to settle in Middletown, where they could find good jobs. They're working on the Connecticut River, going on whaling vessels, and they're also being drawn by this emerging free black community. Historians later named the neighborhood in Middletown the Beeman Triangle after its shape on the map. The community became a magnet for free black people who'd been enslaved just years before, at a time when there were still enslaved people in Connecticut. Some members of the Beeman family became small business owners, for example, shoemakers. So we actually see both white and black people going to their shop to have them make shoes and mend their shoes. So really they were independent artisans and shopkeepers in their own right. Jehiel Beeman's wife and daughter-in-law founded one of the first African-American women's societies. The Beemans also founded one of the first African-American temperance societies, a movement Nasta says is closely connected to abolitionism. It was a statement of African-American respectability, fitness for freedom, defying stereotypes of drunkenness. But underneath their respectable front, Jehiel Beeman's church had a secret. In addition to their more kind of above-ground work as anti-slavery societies, we have documented evidence that the church was a stop on the Underground Railroad. Beeman's work earned Middletown AME Zion the nickname Freedom Church. Jehiel Beeman even wrote a letter to Frederick Douglass to let him know he'd rescued a formerly enslaved person. Douglass published the letter in his newspaper. The Beeman's got on well with the famous abolitionist. Jehiel's son Amos wrote for the paper. 
and Douglas himself came to Middletown and spoke at the church at least twice. NASTA says the Beeman Triangle wasn't unique. By the mid-1800s, just about every large town or city had a free black neighborhood. But one reason why Middletown is remarkable is the extent to which the buildings are still intact. Jesse NASTA takes me for a walk through the Beeman Triangle. Half the homes the Beeman family built before the Civil War are still here. And there's a cemetery where some Beeman family members are buried. For example, in New York City, Central Park was built on top of a historic black neighborhood. There's obviously no structure standing, you know, so to have half the neighborhood intact is remarkable. Today, most are student residences for Wesleyan University across the street. The church that Jahal Beeman built is gone. The university's science center stands in its place. But the congregation lives on. It's moved twice, and it's no longer in the Beeman Triangle, but it's still in Middletown. And its name has changed to the Cross Street AME Zion Church. It still gets a good turnout on Sundays. Historian Jesse Nasta is working on a book about the Beeman family and the neighborhood. He says a lot of New Englanders don't know this history. When I talk about this history, um, people often assume that the Beemans and those who founded this neighborhood had been enslaved in the South because there's so much amnesia around New England slavery. Nasta says that's one of the biggest lessons of the Beeman Triangle. But the other part of it is how they emerged from enslavement by the 1800s, built free communities, built free churches, forged the Underground Railroad. And when you think about it, the church that they founded is still going strong two centuries later. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. I find history's secret threads on the road from New York to Boston. Next time, we'll have another story about a family of abolitionists with another appearance by Frederick Douglass.